Welcome to another Adventure Mechanics Quest. I'm Chandler. I'm rarely a social media person. I know, that's weird coming from a podcaster, but it's true. I do lurk in a number of game design forums, though. One thing that came up on Reddit prompted me to consider this question. How much time should you be spending on your tools? And at what point does your toolset become work on building an engine instead of building a game? These are important things to consider while working on your design. After all, if you're building an engine, you're not building a game. Let's talk about how you can find a balance between working on your tools versus working on your game. Tools are great. They can, when done with the game in mind, cut down drastically on the amount of time it takes for you to put that new story element or other content into your game. They shouldn't be the main thing you're working on, especially while you're in production for your game. During prototyping and early production, sure, spend time working on those tools to speed up the rest of the process. In mind, though, there's a limit to how much return on your time you'll get from spending more and more effort on your tools. The more time you spend working on your tools doesn't necessarily correlate to less time spent stitching everything together. Is that fancy UI for your tool useful? Yeah, sure, but if you spent weeks working on it to get it just so, is that time worth it? Yeah, maybe not so much. On the other hand, is that dialogue creation tool important to get right for your visual novel or long RPG? Probably. Eh, well, let's just say definitely. It's important to know where you should and should not spend time when it comes to working on your tools. Let's say, for example, you're building a Metroidvania. Before we get into tooling, let's ask what the main focuses are for that game. Is a deep, complex dialogue system part of it? If we're following classics like Castlevania, probably not. What about an intricate and expansive map? Absolutely, that's important. In these two examples, we already know where to focus our time, in making map chunks easier to generate. We can spend just enough time on the dialogue system to be functional since it's not one of our main focuses. Our map generation tool, on the other hand, has to be fully featured and ready for us to spend a huge amount of time in. It's the main tool that we'll be using to flesh out our Castlevania game, after all. That means we need to make sure it has all the features we want in it before we start production. Planning comes into play here to determine whether or not we have the power we need in our tool or not to get all the features we want into that map. During prototyping, we'll want to make a test area with the tool and make sure that it has all the capabilities we need for all the challenges we plan on putting into the map. Importantly, that doesn't mean building out the entire map, but rather making a sandbox type map that covers all the basics of each challenge we plan on putting in. Most importantly though, we need to make sure that our map generator can do this easily and without fighting with it to get the areas working. Where do we stop working on our map generation tool in this example? That's a tough question. Well, the obvious place is to stop where we implement that last feature we need to get the map generation working. The other question we have to ask is, are we going to be using this tool for all of our future projects going forward? If that's the case, we're going to have another bite at working on this tool again in future projects. Leave notes on places to improve for you and your team somewhere, hopefully in the tool itself, but you know, wherever you can leave them. You may get to them, you may not. Future you will appreciate you doing this now if you ever touched again. If you don't, well, then they're just there for perpetuity. That's no big loss. On the other hand, if this tool is going to be paired with the release of the game, you're going to have to spend more time polishing it and making it ready for wider consumption. This brings up one thing that I implied in this section. 
that tools don't need to have that same level of polish that your game does. An internal only looking tool will look vastly different than the tool you expect for your wider audience to use. Meaning an internal tool can be rougher and have bugs that, although ugly, don't affect the functionality of that tool. A tool for wider consumption, however, needs to have a nice work workflow and be ready for people outside of your team to be able to work with. That means you need to have the help files updated and current. It needs documentation on most, if not all, of the expected workflows. The tool also needs to have a vast majority of the crashes ironed out and fixed. Polishing tools to this level is non-trivial. Ideally, all of our tools would be up to this level. But at the end of the day, that tool isn't the main part of the show. It's our Metroidvania that we're working on. And unless we plan on selling that match generation tool, polishing our tools, <laughs> I'm so sure, should only be getting two passes at most. Tools are needed for generation and should work, but at the end of the day, players won't care about our tools if we don't release them and our game sucks. Our priorities need to take this into account. So we define clear areas where we shouldn't work more on tools and where we should. What about that gray area in between? Well, if you haven't caught it yet, where I tend to stop is where the benefit of adding a feature is less than the time cost it takes to build that feature. And to a certain degree, the same applies for bugs, at least for me. Tool breaking bugs obviously need to be fixed. That's not up for debate. But if the bug can be worked around with maybe just a little effort or are only encountered in edge cases that you won't see in the design of your game, they can be noted and worked around. Each time you look at changing the tool after that initial build you have, you need to consider the benefits of adding that feature or fixing that bug versus getting your game one step closer to done. There's one caveat to this methodology in that it assumes you are building a finite game, not a lifestyle game that you'll be working on with a team over a decade or longer as that case may be. Tooling in this context has significantly different considerations and is a topic all on its own. And considering I'm a hobbyist developer with literally no experience in either playing or developing a lifestyle game, I'm probably not a good resource to pull from this in the first place. That being said, I suspect that a number of considerations I've laid out here will still apply to that style of game. They're games after all. I think this is enough to really get started on thinking about your toolset and leveraging it to make your game. As always, if you have a question or comment, you can either find me on various social medias as JC Suron, or you can leave a comment below. I'd love to hear your experiences with tooling and game design. This has been another Adventure Mechanic SideQuest, and I'm Chandler. I'll talk to you next time. The intro and outro music are excerpts from Plinian, retro gaming version royalty free music provided and produced by lone peak music link in the description